Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Fifth Angel. Fifth Angel is from the United States and has been off and on since 1984. They have released When Angels Kill, their fourth full length, showing that this band is stronger than ever. And here is my interview with Fifth Angel. Hello, my friend. Hey, there you are. Can you hear me okay? Uh I can hear you great, Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you, Bob? Doing great. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. You're welcome. Very welcome. I wanted to ask you about the recording process for When Angels Kill. How did mm -hmm. it go for you? Um, well, it was, it was kind of laborious, I guess you could say. It was, uh, you know, this is during COVID. And... Uh, you know, a lot of different things on your mind with COVID. And, uh, you know, it was like a kind of a nice break to be working on music in the middle of world chaos. But it was uh, it was a process. I mean, recording always is a process. And doing it the way that this record was done, uh, it was all long distance. You know, it was all file sharing. Everybody's got their home studio, you know, through a computer setup and software and all that. Um, and then Ken, he he's the one that has a really nice studio, you know, an actual official recording studio. So it was uh, it was it, it took up a lot of time. Um, you know, it's a double album, so there's a lot of extra time just with that. And then you know working independently and working through technical issues sometimes and then working with you know other things as far as whatever um whatever things you're coming up with idea wise music wise creative wise you know with with the song so it it was uh it was an involved process and it, it you know it's definitely a lot different than back in the day when you go into a recording studio and everybody's pretty much there at the same time and you know it, it's, a, sure. it's a different process for sure yeah it's got to be a lot harder not being able to feed off each other in person it, it is uh, it's uh you know when you're doing it like how it used to be done it's 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 really uh uh, organic kind of process, whether it's, you know, the songwriting, song development piece of it, or when you get into the recording piece of it, it's, you know, I use, use that word again, organic process. When you're doing it on your own, it's a little, I don't know if I should say, if I should use the word sterile, but you know, you're, there, there's, there's pluses and minuses to it. On one side of it, you don't have anybody breathing down your neck, so to speak. You can really just focus and get into it, um, which can be a good thing or a bad thing because sometimes, at least with myself, I'll find myself going off on these tangents of, you know, getting overly critical. Like, did I do this little half second lick good enough or does it have the right accent on it? And with today's technology, you can just, you can go forever and ever and sure. do things and, you know, 
Whereas again, using that comparison of back in the old days on tape, going in the studio, you are as prepared as you can be before you get into the studio and you, you don't really have the luxury of, of doing take after take after take after take after take because you know the tape's gonna it's gonna affect the sound of the tape you know every uh, the more time that you spend it's more money spent back in those days with a recording studio so it's you know it's kind of good and bad with the old way of doing it and the new way of doing it but yeah it was uh it was pretty involved even though it was just on my own doing it and then you know coming up with a mix and then sending it out to the other guys and hey what do you think of this and what do you think of that so it's the different animal doing it this way that's for sure i wanted to ask you about the track ashes to ashes because it's my favorite track on the album ah well that's cool uh well you know i haven't listened listened through in a while (laughs) i gotta admit (laughs) you know here's here's the weird thing about working on a project like this and the way that we did it or any uh project recording project i mean all of this is like it's new to the listener because it just come out but for us this some of this stuff is a couple of years old right you know and it's kind of it's it's really weird it's like it's become history in a way for us in our timeline of of life whereas right now it just came out june 16th and it's fresh and new to, to to most people. So the song Ashes to Ashes, oh boy, let me, I got to think about this. Um, I don't remember how the intro goes, but um, yeah, that one, let's see. I remember I had recorded some different acoustic stuff and I don't really remember right now if it's in there or not. Um, but, you know, I, it's hard to describe some of this, some of this stuff because of the, like I said, the timeline of things, but uh, trying to think who the principal writer was for that one. It might've been John, might've been Ken, and I might've altered some things in there, but uh, you know, and see, this is the thing with how this was recorded. It's just sort of this, uh, almost convoluted uh, mishmash, like a you know a patchwork quilt of different things that you're working on at different times, and then maybe there's a slight rewrite to something, and then you get a new file sure. to you, which you import into your computer and kind of review it, and and maybe make some changes or not. Um, so it it was a weird process. I'll just put it that way. It was a weird process for me, but ashes to ashes. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a cool song, but I got to say that one of my personal favorites is uh, resist the tyrant. I just, I still, you know, when I hear that, even though I've heard it a million times, you know, with the recording it and all that, whenever I hear that song again, it just, it, it really sparks me, you know, it just, there's something about it that as far as uh you know guitar player i suppose and involved in record it just it really hits me but you know that's the interesting thing about this record and i i heard this from somebody that listened to it um before it was actually released and they were saying that it's like it has something for everybody you know sure 
Absolutely. Ashes to Ashes. You're really digging that song. For me, you know, right now, at least the past few weeks, uh, Resist the Tyrant. Before that, I was thinking um, uh, When Angels Kill, the song When Angels Kill. I was really into that one. Uh, And this is going back again, like a year ago, (laughs) a year and a half ago. Um, I still really dig it. But right now, you know, resist the tyrant. But getting back to what I was commenting on with this, what this person was saying, something for everybody. You know, some of it reaches back to more of the legacy sound. Some of it is more, you know, modern sound, more of a modernized sound and um and hopefully everything in between and i hope you know hopefully it's true that it has something for everybody i mean it it's hard to please all the people all the time you know sure and i imagine that you know people that jumped on board way back when with the first record and the second record maybe this is going to be a, a new thing um on some level but you know again you can't please all the people all the time and you know you can't rewrite everything <laughs> you can't take the first record and rewrite everything and spit it out regurgitate it out so it you know there is a musical pro- progression sure and there there has to be an evolution to the band as well yeah and uh you know i think that's why ashes to ashes and kill the pain resonate with me is because those two tracks really to me show the band as it is right now well that's cool yeah yeah that's cool i think that's a really good uh analogy a really good analysis that you just brought up and and i think it's you know probably be different for different people or could be you know overlap with different listeners that are hearing it and this is the way it makes them feel and they're you know could be pointing out the same exact songs that you are for the same reasons or you know, I mean, there's enough stuff on there that, you know, it could be other things that that, that different different sure. people might pick up on. But yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's pretty wild to, to have this thing out now finally after all the you know ups and downs and lefts and rights and mood swings of everybody going through this process and again doing it long distance the way that we the way that we did and i wanted to ask as well how did the video go for how angels kill the video yes um it was yeah it was a really long couple of days and uh down in arizona and you know I got to give kudos to Ken Mary again. I have in other interviews um, because he really, he was really spearheading this project, uh, you know, on, on a lot of different levels including the video. I mean, he got, uh, oops, I don't know. I just got a text message. It's going through my computer. I hope that it might've gone through. Whoops. <laughs> Uh-huh. I don't I don't know if you heard it or not, but no. Okay. Okay, good. It's it's muted then, I guess, for this. So yeah, he Ken had everything lined up and and scheduled for uh doing that video along with uh 
let's see, how many videos did we do? One, two, three. We did four. We did four videos, three of them in one day, another one the next day. So uh, I'm trying to think. I think when Angels Kill was, yeah, I think that was the first one that we did. And it's all green screen. I mean, obviously, you know, with what you see in the video, it's all this uh, almost like a video game looking uh, scene that we're in. Sure. And so... It was, you know, it was a new experience compared to, and here's the same kind of comparison of the old days and, you know, back in the 80s when we did a video for Time Will Tell. And back then it was film, at least that's how that was made back, you know, for Time Will Tell. Uh, it was on film. And you would have some separate individual shots that were done and then you'd have some group shots, that sort of thing. Well, with today's technology, with green screen, you know, at least how When Angels Kill was done and also how um, Resist the Tyrant was done, everybody was shot individually. There were no group shots. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe when you look at the video. It's, 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 it's mind-blowing. And here's another crazy thing is that the camera was stationary. The camera was on a tripod. One camera. And it's pointing towards you with you having the green screen behind you and also the floor was green screen. And you're doing your thing. You know, you got the playback music happening and you're doing your thing. Uh, and it's getting captured through the camera into a computer. And, you know, I think it was two takes for each person. Uh, Steve probably had an extra take for vocals. Ken... Well, let's see. Uh, it was a little different with drums because of, you know, the setup for drums. So the, I think there's sure. actually a couple of cameras for that to be able to do it effectively. And um, Lance, you know, the video guy, he he assembled everything uh, in his computer after the fact. And all the movement that you see is from Lance and his computer creating that movement. Uh, and then assembling, you know, the band together uh, when we would have, you know, for those shots where everybody appears together. It's just amazing to me. It, it's mind blowing. It's really mind blowing because it's like, uh, you know, it, it's so different than how it used to be. And anything sure. is possible. I mean, you can be put into any environment uh, with this green screen and computer technology. And, uh, you know, I guess a good thing, it's a double-edged sword, a good thing and a bad thing. It's like you, you have all these possibilities of the things that you can do with creating images, but it's like endless. You could just go down the rabbit hole and try all kinds of things and then try and seek ultimate perfection and view it for a million and one times and decide, oh, I think I want to change this now. Or want to change it's like, you know, that double-edged sword, the same as with recording uh so uh, yeah good and bad but you know this is the world we live in now um but anyway yeah that was the experience with when angels kill and then we did resist the tyrant immediately following that also green screen um same idea with how that was done but a different environment that we were placed in and then the third one for that day which was not green screen was um oh geez I think of the damn well it was the one that was the video that just just came out uh immortal we are immortal mm -hmm. 
So that was not green screen. That was on a, you know, basically like a sound stage. And then the fire dancer, she was done separately. I mean, I didn't even know there was going to be a fire dancer. And I don't know if anybody knew other than Lance, <laughs> but you know, he, he pieced it together. We saw it. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Maybe we can, you know, do some things a little differently here with a couple of things. And, and I, I think it turned out really cool. So it was a long day, three videos in one day. And then the next day, another video and a photo shoot. And yeah, thanks to Ken. And I also wanted to ask you if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved. Oh, man. Unfortunately, I can't think of their name right now. But it's the same artist that did The Third Secret. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is that it's, here we go again, technology. It's all done on a computer. So I don't really understand how that works. I don't know. I have seen where uh, an artist that is doing it through a computer will have like an actual, what, what looks like a, uh, a canvas, but it's a, you know, screen, a mm -hmm. sort of sensitive screen, and they touch a stylus or something and sort of hand draw, hand paint and things. I've seen that. I don't know if this was done that way. I really, I don't know how uh how technic you know the technical aspect of how it was created other than of course it's computer art and it it was done by this artist using you know computer technology um the concept itself you know the angel uh with half of the angel she's intact the other half she's you know on fire and uh, getting incinerated um I think that kind of represents uh, a, a number of different things. I, I, it represents the the storyline, the concept record. It represents really, you know, humanity. You know, with sure. where we've come from, where we're going, where we're at right now. Which is, I guess, the constant is there's always conflict. You know, there's there's uh, war and there's you know there's good things that are happening in the world and there's bad things that are in the world and and that image you know kind of represents those types of things as well as you know the storyline of of um uh the, you know the con concept record but yeah it was fantastic that artwork i it it's i was really impressed when i saw it put it that way i saw it and i was like man this is uh this is really slick <laughs> this is really yeah slick. it's very immersive for the album immersive that's a great word it is yeah i mean i've found myself i got the vinyl well i've got cds and also the vinyl and looking looking at that artwork on the vinyl especially it takes me back to when i was a kid you know when vinyl was the only thing that you would get yeah well maybe there's cassettes but you know uh, you get that vinyl and, and, and the record, you know, at Tower Records or whatever, and you'd, well, I would be looking at the front and I'd be looking at the back and I'd be, you know, immersed in looking at that artwork and looking it up, looking at it up close and just sort of taking in every fine detail. And I tell you that, you know, this artwork on, on this record has captured that feeling 
that I had as a kid. You know, just looking at it in yeah. immersive work, that word immersive that you use is perfect. You know, it's just, it's, it, there it is. And you see the fine details of things. You can look closely and see things. And then you, you know, look at it from more of a distance and you take it in as a whole. It's very cool. Yeah. They did a great job. And I wanted to also ask you a two-part question. One, uh, was there any tracks that didn't make the cut? And I wanted you to also tell me, what can fans look for next from the band? Um, as far as songs, there was a lot of songs uh, kicked around. So there was, you know, certainly more songs that were out there than were used on the record. And, um, you know, some of them, I would say, were probably more tied in with the older legacy sound. Um, so, yeah, there there are songs. There, there were a number of songs that were uh, uh, that that are still, you know, floating around in the Fifth Angel world, as far as us within the band, that were not on the record itself. Uh as far as what to expect next, well, it's going to be live gigs. Um, and and you know, I have to say that with a little bit of a caveat, I guess. Um, you know, we're planning to play live, but we don't know what that means yet. We're kind of in the early uh, discussion stages of things in terms of what that looks like. You know, I mean, because... Mm. Historically, what Fifth Angel has done, it's it's been really different than the typical band. I mean, just all the way, really, from the beginnings back in the 80s, you know, when Ted Pilot and myself and James Bird initially put put it together, started it. Um, it, it really was kind of a different animal as compared to the typical band that has a full lineup and starts playing immediately. You know, that's not what we did way back in the 80s anyway as far as now um you know it with how things are post covid it's the co whole covid thing has kind of changed the approach to touring and live gigs there's a lot of focus sure. well there always has been focus on you know the finances of, of what's going to cost to put it together is it, it's got to sustain itself financially make a profit. Well, with COVID it makes it a more complex equation, you know, as far as the, the costs involved and, and it seems like now finally things are just starting to kind of get more back to normal, but it's still not where it was at. Uh, it's still not where things were at pre-COVID. So right now we're trying to figure it out. You know, we're trying to figure out what, you know, how are we going to do this? And what I was going to say as far as Fifth Angel kind of not, you know, following the typical thing, uh, as far as gigs, I mean, we started just sort of doing a gig here and there back in 2010, right? Mm -hmm. and. I mean, we did keep it true in Germany in 2010, and we didn't play live again until 2017 when we did keep it true again. And that's when Nuclear Blast, the label that we're on, approached us actually at Keep It True. They were fans from back in the 80s, and they happened to be there to catch the show. We didn't know that. 
And so uh, we didn't know it until they approached us after after we played at Keep Through 2017 and said, hey, you want to, you know, maybe work on some new music? And oh, yeah, OK. So then the third secret came out in uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we played a bunch of gigs, mainly in Europe uh, in 2019. And then COVID hit. And <laughs> And and then we couldn't do much with playing, but that's when we started working on this record initially. So now, you know, we're back into yeah this this post-COVID world of all right, we got a new record that's out, and we can play live now. Um, but things are a little different because of what COVID did with expenses, with traveling and touring. So how do we go about doing that? So that's where we're at right now, is trying to figure out how to go about doing that. I think all of us are really itching to play live. We're really uh, wanting to play, um, to represent this record and also to play the legacy music also, because that's held up pretty well, I think, over the decades and people want to hear it. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, we're wanting to, do it, do it all, you know, do, do both, do what we can, but it's a matter of connecting the dots, connecting them up in the right way with the right people, um, organizing things for live performance and, and seeing what, what we have. So that's about all I can say to playing live right now, but that is what, you know, really the answer to the part two question is that's what's in store is is playing live and i don't know if we're going to be able to do a whole lot you know in 2023 because a lot of this stuff is planned out way in advance you know as far as touring so it may not be until maybe the end of 2023 or you know the beginning of 2024 um where we really can start making some noise you know and hit the road and and have something actually viable an actual tour but fingers crossed that's that's uh how things will play out as a fan from 88 on i have to say i'd love to see you in ohio we would love to come to ohio it's a matter of you know putting everything together and um you know where it makes sense for us to be able to you know tour in different areas of the states Canada, you know, Europe, um, wherever we can. Uh, and that's, you know, those are the things that we're looking at piecing together right now. Like I said, we're kind of in the beginning stages of trying to figure it out. But, you know, this record, um, when Angel Kill, when Angels Kill, it's, it, it, it seems to be doing pretty good. I mean, it really seems like there's a pretty good interest. I just saw uh, that Australia down in Australia, that the record is is it's the record of the week. It's like the number one record of the week. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what chart that was or what exactly I saw it, but it you know it was like wow, that's awesome. So different parts of the world were hearing these really good things. In Germany, um, we're on the top fifty uh, album chart, and that's not just metal. That's like all you know, all the music combined. So that, that's, you know, these are really positive things that we're, that we're seeing happen. And um, between the music 
um you know and, and it being a two album uh concept record and the videos you know it's like we've got we've got it out there we've got the stuff out there and it looks like it's starting to get some traction which is it's really exciting to see and i also wanted to ask you if you could speak on your musical uh journey and at what age did you begin oh man really young uh before i could even remember doing it we had a uh, my family had a piano in the house and i this is what was told to me is that i would hear songs on the radio my mom would have music on the radio all the time and i'd hear some melody and i discovered this piano thing which you know i had to like reach up reach my hand up to get the keyboard because i was just you mm -hmm. know kid nearly just a baby i guess or toddler and i discovered you know that hitting these notes made sounds and then i discovered that i could sort of match the sound or the melody on the piano from what i heard uh, the song on the radio so that's where my mom uh, really noticed that there was something there and then she got me lined up with with things at an early age the first thing was a sort of a rhythm class thing where I, she'd take me into this art center and there'd be other kids and we'd you know there'd be tambourines triangles and maracas and a glottenspiel type of thing which is like a xylophone mm -hmm. and and then it went on from there i mean i i started playing the violin when i was like uh, i was in, a, in kindergarten or first grade wow. yeah young and it was through um uh it's called the suzuki method and it's for very young kids and then i was doing violin and piano taking piano lessons and then i stopped the violin picked up the cello so i was doing piano and cello for a while and then when i got to the uh sixth grade you know right as puberty was kicking in it was like you know I, this guitar stuff is really cool i started listening to the local rock station and really focusing on the electric guitar so that that's when i started getting into the guitar you know as far as wanting to be able to play that instrument it was the sixth grade and that it, that's the one that stuck i mean i could still play a little keyboards i can't do any of the other stuff no violin no cello oh, i have have that here in the house in my studio and i you know i make some pretty horrible sounds with it you know here and there but mm -hmm. guitar yeah that that was my answer so that in a nutshell and a quick summary that's the history and then i met ted pilot and ken mary in high school we had a cover band uh, wow and, yeah so i mean the roots of fifth angel they go way back and what do you feel along your music journey has been the best advice that has been given to you Oh, uh, I think probably one of the best things is to do it because you want to do it. Do it because it feels good to do it. You know, do it because you enjoy doing it. You know, don't force yourself to do it. Although when you, I think when you get to a certain level of, you know, having played for a long time and being in a band especially if a band is gets on a professional level it does become more of a job sort of thing but i still enjoy playing 
I say when I don't put it this way, when I don't play and when you don't play, your fingers start to atrophy. You know, you don't, sure. it, it, you know, I can start feeling it after a few days where it's like when I do pick up a guitar, if I hadn't played after several days, it's it it doesn't flow as easily. And to me, that that's a little depressing. <laughs> I don't like that feeling. You know, I like right. able to stay on top of it and not have that feeling and be able to have being able to have it flow more. It's a very satisfying thing. And especially, you know, if you are really playing a lot and playing really a lot nearly every day, things are really flowing in it. And it's it's a very it's just a really satisfying feeling to to be playing on that level um, and to have the instrument do what you were wanting it to do and make the sounds that you're wanting it to make and being able to do it, you know, uh, with articulation and clarity and accuracy. It's a, uh, it's a real nice feeling. And then being able to tie in the creative element of things of, you know, you're just messing around on your guitar and you stumble onto something that kind of cool and hopefully unique and that could eventually turn into a song and developing that into a song especially when you're able to uh, collaborate with other creative people it's 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 a real magic kind of feeling it's like you're tapping into something that is out of this world you know some other sort of energy thing that's out there you're able to sort of tap into it and it's it's magic it's it's just an, an amazing an amazing thing so anyway you know answering the question is you do it because you you enjoy doing it i think that's uh i think that was a an important piece of advice that was given to me and another piece of advice is you can't you know even though you may really want to try and be a working musician and have have a your livelihood being music it's very very difficult to be able to do that and it's a good idea to be able to look at the other elements of how are you going to live your life how are you going to pay your bills maybe it's sure. teaching you know maybe it's teaching music maybe it's you know maybe it's something involved with music maybe it's something completely different than music but you have to really think about those realities of life. I mean, when you're young, it's hard to do that, you know, because you're so focused and you're, you know, kind of have your blinders on. But as you get older uh, and, and reality sets in that, hey, I haven't made a million dollars from being in a band yet. <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, right. Yeah, you, you, you have to face those realities. So those were a couple of good, really good pieces of advice that were given me by different people at different times um years ago and that's the advice i would give to any aspiring musician or young you know creative person is is those two pieces of advice and ed i'm uh, box you in a corner i want to ask you what are your top three guitarists of all time mm. oh man well jimmy page um you know, it <laughs> comes to mind and not just the guitar playing, but the songwriting. Sure. Uh, 
Let's see. Jimi Hendrix, I'd have to say, because he he was such an innovator for his time, you know, and Eddie Van Halen. So and also, of course, an innovator and, and not just with the playing, which is incredible, but the tone, his sound. Yes. So for me, there it is, you know, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen. I have to share with you one of my um, most proudest interviews was uh, there is a place in Tennessee called Songbirds that displayed uh, guitars from the 50s all the way to current times. And they had a prototype of uh, Jimi Hendrix guitar that he never received because he had passed. Mm. And... Uh, to do that interview and just to see that guitar was just a magical moment for me. Oh man. That thing weighed 16 pounds, by the way. Wow. That's a heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I mine average around anywhere, you know, from nine to 12. And right. Yeah. Yeah. 16 pounds, man. That's uh that's a backbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. And I also want to ask you, Ed, besides music, do you have any hobbies that you enjoy? Yeah, I like kayaking. Um, I like being in nature. I like going on hikes. And uh, I like, uh, I mean, traveling, um, whether it's, you know, in Washington State where I'm at or out of state in some other part of the u.s or out of country um so yeah those are you know some of my some of my hobbies you know it's different things at different times i think something i'd like to get into at some point in time is painting you know i mean just mm -hmm. yeah sketching drawing and painting i used to do that when i was a kid and i'm hoping you know that at some point in time that i'll get back into that but it's like, you know, so many different things going on in life. And it's, it's, you got to juggle things. And right now, you know, music is a big focus. Um, and, and it does take time every day, you know, with, with playing my instrument and, sure. and you know, staying aligned with playing. Um, but yeah, it's not all just music for me. I, I, I enjoy doing these 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 other things too i was into skiing snow skiing i'm not so much into it now um i it's something i might i don't know well we'll see i might i might get back into it and dabble a little bit with it but yeah and ed i gotta ask you does it really rain every day in washington yes <laughs> that's what we want everybody to think uh <laughs> well, I tell you what, it, the winter times, it, it's funny. I talked to somebody, uh, I was at some store or something. It was probably a couple of months ago, just a random thing. Um, and they were, sh she was from, I think she was from back East or something. And she was, she made this comment. She said, you know what? Washington state is really beautiful. It's, it's the summer is, is just incredible. Um, with the, you know, 
the terrain and and the green mm. thing but she said you know the winter time i can't handle it it's just gloomy and cloudy and rainy and depressing and she's right it is like that so i guess it's the price that you have to pay to try enjoy enjoy the summer is that you know it comes at a cost the the winter times they can it can be pretty brutal i've lived lived here my whole life so i'm used to it but there are some winters where it's like oh my god i haven't seen the fucking sun in like a month you know <laughs> right holy shit and it's it's still raining and it's cold and i i actually like the rain but some winters it's like i've had enough man i just this is this is just too much i get you know and then you get busy with something else and then eventually you know it stops raining and you do get a bit of a sun break and thank goodness for that because you know it's it, it can get it can get to you but at least it's not as bad as uh i don't know the further north you get the less sunlight you have in the winter time and i used to travel up to alaska uh for some things at different times of the year and i was up there one time in the winter time it's like how do people handle it it's dark yeah all day, all night, it's dark. It may not have the, you know, the clouds and the rain like Washington does, but it's just dark. It's, I could not handle that. But people that live there, they can handle it, you know? And I guess, you know, I'm able to handle the the uh, wintertime weather here in Washington. But no, it doesn't rain every day, but it does rain a lot. I will have to say that it rains a lot. When I think of Washington, I think of the movie Singles. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trying to think of that. Um, that had Soundgarden in it, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Uh, who, what, who was it? Was Matt Damon in that one? I'm trying to think. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I haven't seen that in a long, long time, but. He had that classic scene where he turned on the stereo for his girlfriend and blew out all the windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, Washington's a cool state. It's got a lot of variety. I mean, west of the Cascade Mountains is, you know, the Seattle region. And it has a, a particular, it's got a certain look and vibe to it. And then east of the Cascade Mountains, it's it's very different. It's more of a desert kind of thing it's it's more flat uh rolling hills kind of thing um so it's got a lot of i had i do have to say washington state really has a lot of variety and then further west out onto the uh puget sound saltwater area the san juan islands and then on over to vancouver island which is british columbia canada so i think it's a pretty cool state myself you know i've been to a few different ones and uh, I always enjoy coming back home, you know, and seeing the big trees and the big forests and the big mountains. Pretty awesome. I can tell you that Ohio, if you ever want to experience all four seasons in a day, Ohio is the place. <laughs> all four seasons in one day, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's Washington can be like that. Seattle area can kind of be like that, too. It's it's. Usually it's four seasons in a week, though, I guess. Um, but in a day, yeah, that's 
that's getting pretty extreme. And I also wanted to ask you, what's the best way to get merchandise from the band? Uh, Nuclear Blast website, probably. That's what comes to mind right off the bat. I think our website also has a store on there where you can order stuff, fifthangelofficial.com. Um, I'm not sure if you can order stuff off the Facebook. I'm, um, uh, I'm not sure about the Facebook site, but for sure, Nuclear Blast website I know, uh, and I think the Fifth Angel official uh, website also. And will there be a vinyl edition of this album? There is. It's out now. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, again, through the Nuclear Blast website. And for listeners that may not know, that's the record label, Nuclear Blast Records, based out of Germany. Um, but yeah, they're selling vinyl. Uh, I think it comes in blue vinyl and red vinyl. I don't know if it comes in black vinyl, which is kind of weird. Um, but uh, so it comes up, it's, it's in vinyl and it's also CD, of course, and downloads. And lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? Rock on, man. I mean, you know, live each day to the fullest, enjoy life. Don't be dangerous <laughs> because mm -hmm. you never know when it's going to be over, man. I mean, you just sure. don't know. And that's what I'd have to say. Enjoy music, enjoy life, have a good time, be responsible at the same time. I mean, because we're all getting older and, and with the world being such a fucked up place that it is now, who knows? It may not be a health thing. It could be, huh, you know, some crazy country deciding to do some crazy stuff. So enjoy life. Yeah. Well, I wanted to thank you for delivering a great album that was just a great experience for me as a fan to see that this band is alive and well and doing good and this well, band exemplifies um, a great era and a great time and this album is from top to bottom excellent Oh man, thank you, Bob. I really appreciate hearing that. That that's you know, uh, you know, you work on a project like this, you don't really know how it's going to turn out, and you kind of lose your objectivity because you've heard the music so much. It's like, is it good? I think it's good. I used to think it's good, and you know, <laughs> it's like the old stuff. When I hear the old stuff now, I can hear it a lot more objectively, and it's like, yeah, this this is good. It took me yeah. decades to be able to hear it with clarity and not being, you know, immersed in it. And it's like, yeah. So to hear this from you is a great compliment. And I really hope a lot of people share the same feelings for that. So and thanks for uh, inviting me to do this, Bob. I do. I really appreciate it. So. Well, I appreciate your time, my friend. And like I said, I think this is a gone create a great new chapter for the band i hope so fingers crossed and i hope to see you in ohio
Absolutely. You take care, my friend. All right. You too, Bob. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Cheers. Bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.